Hello, and welcome to the Basal Library's first podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and today we'll be talking about our upcoming Jane Austen events and a bunch of stuff that's going to be happening here at the library in the month of November. On November 1st, we'll be kicking off our Jane Austen month with the Book Review Club. Feel free to drop in with any of your favorite Jane Austen books and discuss them. That's Wednesday, November 1st from 6 to 7 p.m. On Tuesday, November 7th, we'll be hosting Knitting Lace. Our yarn group will share the history of knitting in the early 1800s, demonstrate the art of lace knitting. That's from 6 to 7 on November 7th. On the 20th, we'll be hosting Storytime Tea from 2 to 3.30. This is for kids ages 4 to 10 and their parents. And please register beforehand. You'll be able to join us and sip delicious tea, enjoy cookies, and hear a story decorate a bonnet or top hat on wednesday november 29th we'll be having music at the movies with susan nichols she'll be performing piano music from 5 to 5 30 and then we'll be showing the 2005 film adaptation of jane austen's pride and prejudice starring kira knightley on saturday november 18th we'll be hosting the jane austen fair and thursday november 16th the fiction book club will read and discuss pride and prejudice this episode, we'll be interviewing board member Becky and discussing our upcoming Jane Austen events. For more information on upcoming events and programs, please visit basaltlibrary.org. My name is Matthew Clear. I'm the concierge here at the Basalt Regional Library, and I'm also in charge of the movie collection. Um, and today we're going to have a little conversation with Becky Musselman. She's our resident Jane Austen superfan here at the library. <laughs> and uh, we also have Erin Hollingsworth. She is our team librarian. And I'm uh, just going to have a little conversation about our upcoming ostentatious Jane Austen month for the month of November here in the year 2017. And uh, Yeah, um, so... Yeah. Uh, to begin, I guess I could say how it all started, this idea of Jane Austen at, yeah. the, at the Basalt Library. And that is that back in July, uh, the New York Times put out in their book review a whole um, insert about Jane Austen mm-hmm. and that this year, 2017, is the 200th anniversary of her, her death, her untimely death. She died mm-hmm. at the age of 41. Uh, and really a discussion of how loved Jane Austen is through generations um, and how it's been adapted to many movies or miniseries. There's been prequels and sequels that other authors have tried to take up as well. And it was saying how all over England and different areas in the United States, libraries are making um, lots of programming to go along with the 200th anniversary just like they did, I guess, in 2016 for the anniversary of Shakespeare, 500th anniversary of Shakespeare's mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. So um, I saw the book review talking about Jane Austen, and I mentioned it to Anne Scott, our new director, and she thought it would be a fun idea to see if we can have a month and yeah. fit programming to it. So my question is, why do you think 200 years later we're still talking about Jane Austen? Lady kind of wrote... Uh, what we call them, like parlor dramas, like uh, they're melodramatic. They're about people, right? They're about people's relationships. What do you think? That's we're still a, talking about. Well, that's exactly right. Is I think that Jane Austen wrote in such a way that really she's um, 
a social critic mm -hmm. and she looks at human nature and our drives, uh, jealousy, pride, vanity, love, um, and all the pitfalls of love because we, you know, it takes over our senses and being reasonable, uh, being educated. Uh, and that doesn't change so much over time. So you can still, you know, teenagers today can, some of the lines uh, that come out of Jane Austen's books, they almost sound like they could be uh, music lyrics, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so the experiences of falling in love and whether you're doing it um, reasonably or for other motives to get more money, that that's kind of timeless. Mm -hmm. And whether you're meeting a friend for the first time, your first impression, is that the correct impression or not? You know, are you meeting their, their true identity or are there some hidden motives that you don't understand? And those themes are kind of timeless and that's mm -hmm. why I think we still read her. Now, people haven't changed too much, basically. Basically, <laughs> yep, our, our, our normal, our human nature and just general self-interested drives are still the same. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't, uh, well, the other thing that's nice is I, I like the time period and her descriptions, and it's just very lovely English countryside, mm -hmm. but it's not overburdened with the details that no. you're completely locked into the past. Can you tell me a little bit more about the, the time period? I know it's the late 18th century. Right, right. Mm -hmm. that's right. Seventeen hundreds is when right. she lived. So it's shortly after the American Revolution. There's a lot of things changing in England. Right? That's right, and they call it the Regency era time period because King George. That's when he was going mad, and he hasn't yeah. died yet. Mm -hmm. And so his son has taken over mm -hmm. the powers, but he's not the son is not a king yet and that's where that term the regency and yes the new colonies are the American colonies are having all the strife and things are going on interestingly enough Jane Austen doesn't talk about the American right. colonies right. it's kind yeah. of like and and it kind of shows you that life can go on even now in our present day we have lots of political issues that are going on and that can divide us uh, in a, if we're sitting at a dinner table and we're just talking politics it can you know, clearly mm -hmm. divide a discussion uh, I'm wondering if that's part of why she didn't dive into that is she was more wanting to entertain people I'm, I'm not an expert but I, I'm thinking that perhaps there was a lot going on and there was a lot of divided loyalties to um, what the American colonies should be how they should be treated. Mm -hmm. And so she doesn't dive into politics too much. It's more of a, a way to entertain. And it mm -hmm. follows, I think, her desire when she was a, a child and her sister Cassandra and her brothers, and they just love to put on plays at home and entertain. Um, and so I think that... Well, and one thing that I when we were talking kind of about social commentary mm -hmm. and her timelessness, and I, this is something I remember talking about as a class when we read her books in school um, was the commentary on like women's rights mm. in her time period and how in a lot of her books like the woman has to get married because otherwise she's not going to have any property and yeah. she's can't absolutely she's she'll be destitute and you know that sort of thing um, 
you know, and even today, conversations of like gender equality are still relevant. So, but that I, that's is absolutely that's true. an issue I really remember diving into when we talked about her in class. Was just like that's how women, like how right. the power structure in England at that time was. That's right. And she talks a lot about it's sort of the upper middle class and Mm -hmm. it's that desire of upward mobility. Mm -hmm. But there's also, you know, discussions of people with less money or less fortunate circumstances, whether they're an orphan or a female who mm-hmm. can't inherit the land or any right. sort of property. Well, yeah. I think what's like what you said, Erin, is really neat about our hero- heroines or that they are smart mm-hmm. women and they are able to use their reason and use their heart to a degree in terms of having some sort of a moral compass of what is right and what right. is wrong and what and wanting to marry for true affection mm-hmm. and not just for that upward mobility mm-hmm. and I think that she was very forward thinking and very mm-hmm. much into women's rights it's unfortunate to think to yeah. it's unfortunate to think as well that her books in her lifetime she was she had to uh, publish um, you know under a pseudonym or you know mm-hmm. and it wasn't until after her death that her brother Henry said no this you know persuasion pride and mm-hmm. prejudice they were written by right. Jane Austen yeah. right. so she didn't even get that acknowledgement in her own yeah. time and don't we we don't know very much about her her life like a lot of her personal letters were destroyed a lot of them were censored so mm-hmm. we really don't know too much about her other than like what she's written in her Fiction, right? right, right. She did. There are some letters with her sister because she mm-hmm. was very close mm-hmm. to that. If they happened to be apart, but quite honestly, they were together a lot. A lot. Yeah. They really were. Yeah. Who are the people that when you think Jane Austen, like who are these characters? I always think. Well, I always get characters confused, right? I always <laughs> wonder. I know Mr. Darcy right. is Jane Austen. Heathcliff right. is not. Not Jane Austen. Not Jane Austen. <laughs> He's a cartoon cat, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I think that that is a good point that you brought up, Matt, is that in our, in the book club that we have here on First Wednesdays, when we decided to do Jane Austen and to reread some of the classics, the ones that, I mean, some of the ones that we enjoyed, we each chose our own book. I personally chose to reread Persuasion. But our first discussion, we were getting the characters mixed up with different books. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, well, that makes perfect sense because all of the books talk about the same thing. They talk about um, different characters persuading each other to do something or that they're too prideful that they can't see Mm -hmm. the authenticity in someone else or in their motives and so the themes are so recurring that you almost could put a different you know persuasion for example was supposed to be I think it at first was named first impressions Mm -hmm. that makes perfect sense as well not to judge someone by their first meetings um so I myself was getting these characters mixed up as well but my I think I like Lizzie Bennett Mm -hmm. from Pride and Prejudice Mm -hmm. um she was a She's a educated upper class lady. She has sisters. I myself am the oldest of three sisters, so I can just relate <laughs> to that sisterhood feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she absorbed everything that was going on around her, and she kind of is a social critic through the book. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to marry for 
true love, not just for upward mobility. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the book, it's all tied up nice and neat. But you, mm-hmm. you like her character. She's, she's kind of sassy. She she's is. Like, she's strong and like sassy and I don't know, just a fun character. And she makes comments like she doesn't necessarily look down on someone like her cousin who does marry for upward mobility Mm -hmm. because she recognizes, like you said, Erin, the limitations that women have. It's Mm -hmm. not like they can go into their own profession and become lawyers or Mm -hmm. themselves. And so it does make sense to a degree Mm -hmm. for their own, for a woman's own upward mobility, Mm -hmm. but also for her family protection if she can marry well. Mm -hmm. So Lizzie Bennet doesn't necessarily look down on other people's choices but she makes little comments that it's happening right she herself wouldn't want to marry someone unless she had true affections Mm -hmm. for them when i find her mother in that in pride and prejudice so hysterically funny she's like she's infuriating and she's hysterical at the same time oh yeah she's just all about like dramatic he's and he's single and we have to we have five daughters and one of you needs to marry him and it just she's yeah. like a single-minded focus her, on her family can't give the, her inheritance to the, the they don't have a right? male they, they don't have a son have, right? and so they just have daughters so it's it's just like the single-minded focus on getting them married which is funny and infuriating at the same time right yeah <laughs> right and i feel like all the characters as well you can re- you can kind of find in your own life you'll remember you're like oh I know that friend's mother was so much like mm-hmm. that like very dramatic yeah. everything's right. yeah. oh my <laughs> god everything's dramatic <laughs> yeah. or you know mm-hmm. or you could see it even in yourself and you're like I can't believe I was good friends with that person how did I not see mm-hmm. their motives so you, you can mm-hmm. see it in yourself mm-hmm. or in friends that you know these yeah. different characters yeah can we talk a little more about the, this kind of like world that's created these characters? It seems that it has a lot of, um, I'd say, inequities, right? There, there's a lot of, all these characters seem to be trying to marry upwards, right? Yeah, that's haves and have-nots, yeah. And it seems like these people all want to have a lot. Do you think that that would resonate, or do you think that does resonate in today's world? We seem to be going back that way quite a bit. Yeah, I'm not sure if we ever left it. I, I feel like it's just always there at some degree. Whether you're trying to attain more money, but a lot of that comes with more education or more opportunities, more of something. So I'm not sure if we've ever left the idea of upward mobility. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that's also why it still yeah. resonates mm-hmm. today. But definitely, I mean, it's not just about marrying up and, and being in a higher station, but it's also, you know, if the ladies, they talk about at the ball, who was more, well, who's a better piano player, mm-hmm. who has read more books, and, it, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that they're also educated for women. Mm-hmm. And the men, and it talks also about a lot of the uh, naval officers and army army officers and their stations and how they were respected and yeah and i i think they were respected for being officers but not not as much as just a landed i, I think i'm using the right term landed gentry people who mm-hmm. have inherited all their wealth yeah. are mm-hmm. still at the top of the, the chain yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and there's been a lot of uh, there's 
Thomas Piketty, an economist from France, did a book uh, a couple years ago. It's Capital in the 21st Century. He talks a lot about Jane Austen and how that society, like what it looks like, what it means for our own society. It's actually pretty interesting, and we definitely do have it at the library, so come and check that one out, too. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the this world that Jane Austen lives in and these characters? What do you think that I can say about like us today? And do you think, like... She's still relevant. Like, she must be still relevant. We're still talking about her. But, like, do you see those characters still, like, living today? Do you think there's any characters you can kind of compare them to that we see in pop culture? Well, I feel like all the, as we mentioned earlier, like, all the remakes of her work, like, like, the Clueless and, um... Bridget Jones' Bridget Diary. Jones Diary. Like, that just, atta- like, it's the same characters and same situations, just, like, set in present day. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's still, she's still very relevant, and the, the, all these situations can transfer to to the now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so people haven't changed, but... Just the time changed, right? has changed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the way we dress and talk and communicate, but the same problems and mm-hmm. situations are still here. Yeah, well, um, I'm really excited about the whole month of a programming and the idea to collaborate with with the Pitkin County Library mm-hmm. as well, uh, because a lot of our patrons, you know, they commute up and down the valley, and they yeah. might, you know, they're not specifically loyal to basalt mm-hmm. or aspen, and, and it's, it's fa- fabulous, it's great, and also just more opportunities. So to kick off the month, the book club is just hosting a general conversation of any Jane Austenites who enjoy reading Jane Austen. We're just speaking about all of their all of her works or letters or movies, any, anything um, relating to Jane Austen. It should be just a fun, general, casual talk. Mm-hmm. Um, also excited about the idea at the end of the month there's going to be we're going to be showing Pride and Prejudice the movie uh, but also to start that evening off we're going to have some live music with piano playing mm-hmm. to set the mood um, and I think it should be very well received especially mm-hmm. since a lot of our patrons enjoy the music in the summertime with the Aspen right. Music Festival. And then in between then we have things for all ages, even the from the youngest, mm-hmm. which you can talk about with the story yeah. time tea, mm-hmm. to some older children with, you, why don't you tell yeah. about what you're doing now? Well, for fifth grade and up, so the middle school and high school students were doing a couple crafty things. We're calling one sense and sensibility, sense like... Like, scents. Uh, like candles. Um, we're making <laughs> scented we're making candles. scented candles. Yeah, oh, okay. we're making teacup candles, and we'll have tea and scones. And then we're doing a stationary, like make your own stationary set because letter writing was a big deal mm-hmm. back then. And then for the little kids, the Linda, the children's librarian, is doing a story time tea party, which mm-hmm. is going to be so cute. And um, there will be tea, and we're going to go over like the proper manners for tea and then you can make a, a bonnet or a top hat mm-hmm. so that would be really cute for kids yeah, we don't usually have a lot of tea parties here no i don't think we've ever had a tea party here, i, so. I think we're fun. gonna have to make it an annual yeah event. i think it's gonna I be love tea parties. <laughs> yeah and, and it's not just for like mother daughter thing i mean lots no, of boys yeah. enjoy the yeah, tea exactly is jane austen talk a lot about drinking tea is that like a 
I think that's Probably just a British thing. A in British thing in general, general. right? Yes, <laughs> I'm not sure if she talks too much about tea, but definitely about entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's more evening affairs, mm-hmm. and lots of music talk about pe- people playing the piano. Although she doesn't necessarily name that many composers of the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. it's just generally known that um, she herself was a piano player and kept compositions of her yeah. own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's lots of music and evening entertaining including dancing which I forgot which is another exciting program we're having with the Aspen the Aspen dance uh, Aspen dance connection with the Regency dance which is more (laughs) I'm just going to be descriptive that it's line dancing but it's not (laughs) I don't want you to think of it as western line dancing (laughs) but but the women on one side men on another and it's it's a formal you know set of steps to follow and there the Aspen Dance Connection are kind enough to come and demonstrate. <laughs> I believe they're going to be wearing costumes of the time period. Yeah. Oh, It'll be really fun. And you see that a lot. They talk about it in the books and you see it in the movies. And it's So this is fun. people would dance parallel to one another? Right. With men on one side, women on the other side. Would they ever They do. Could, yes. Like yes. Step forward, the, twirl, step back. Like right. You always end up back in line, I feel like. Right. When I've seen it, in the uh, or or you come together and, and come uh, and a couple will come through oh, a right. line together, like mm-hmm. walk. Like kind of. I remember this from my middle school dance. Right, you like walk through the middle. Everyone's on the side. Is that yes, it? yes, yes. Like something out of Greece, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, see, and maybe that's the thing is that Regency dance has become. You know, timeless mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. <laughs> middle school dancing <laughs> yeah. or uh, the Western what you, what you, square dancing, yeah. that type of where there, you know, there's mm-hmm. formal moves. They do touch, but mm-hmm. there's definitely the paired off situations with yeah. men and women. Mm-hmm. So that'll be really exciting. And the other fun thing, since we keep talking about this idea of Jane's Austen's books being translated into movies and the movies themselves being redone over the years numerous times is we're having the um Taka performers mm-hmm. um the arts center at Willits mm-hmm. are coming to talk about how that is done how do you take a scene from a book written on a page and turn it into some a live performance mm-hmm. and a screenplay and That'll they're going to take a couple different scenes i believe and show us the process and i'm really excited That'll for cool. that as yeah. well because we seem to take that for granted but i'm sure there's a lot behind the scenes that we don't know right. how to convert it yeah well, sounds trying to think what else we have the knitting lace oh, with yeah, the yarn group. The yeah. yarn group is going to be branching out into doing the knitting uh, lace, another which is another skill that is talked about a lot in mm-hmm. Austin is lace making or embroidery work, mm-hmm. uh, that type of hand, hand works in general, the fine needle work. And that will be interesting. I think what's fun is that we have a lot of programming in place every month at the library with different groups. And each group has found a way to tweak it just a little bit to make it more Austin-centered. And so that's where the knitting lace fits in. There's Mm -hmm. a yarn group that meets monthly. And then the book club itself meets monthly, mm-hmm. but we just happen to be talking about Austin this, mm-hmm. you know, to right. make it cohesive. And there's always, as well, foreign film nights. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so we were able to work that in with, it's it's foreign, it's just, just across the pond. It may not be a foreign yeah. language, yeah. but it's a, it, it is foreign. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's really fun, too, is introducing, hopefully, introducing people to the idea that there's lots of programming in the library yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all kinds of different stuff going on here. Not just books, not just movies and music, but Jane Austen's all kinds of dramatic readings and... Yes. It's really cool. I hope people enjoy it. Well, Jane Austen loves to get people together. It's always about <laughs> getting people together to just have a good, to entertain each other, yeah. to, to communicate, and have something to talk about for mm -hmm. weeks to, afterwards. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who came to what affair? What were they? What were the little tykes wearing at their mm -hmm. tea party? It will be the talk of the town. Mm -hmm. And that's very Jane Austen. Yeah. Bringing people together 200 yeah. years later. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you very much to Becky for coming here and having this talk about Jane Austen. My pleasure. And uh, thank you to Erin for dropping in for this one. Sure. Thank you. And say thank you to all our listeners, too. Thank you for joining us for the Basalt Library podcast. More information on upcoming events and programs can be found at basaltlibrary.org. Music by Matthew Clare. Special thanks to Becky Musselman, Erin Hollingsworth, and the rest of the Basalt Library staff. This was recorded late October 2017.